I have a lot of random stuff that I don't need. There was a napkin in my Bible. All right. So I didn't know I was preaching until Elijah House yesterday when Melissa said, so you're preaching tomorrow, right? And I was like, oh, it's not on my calendar. So I texted Pastor Fred and I said, did I switch with you at all? And he's like, well, not that I know of. I'm like, all right, well, I'm preaching tomorrow. So, but um, I think it's kind of super cool. Um, because I, I'm calling this part two of my last sermon I preached, um, and that's available on YouTube, I think, or Facebook, if you missed it. I preached it um, like the, the third week of um, when we were shut down. And uh, I ended that sermon uh, talking about Peter's role in Pentecost and how he engaged the crowd on Pentecost. And um, I'm like, oh, so I ended that sermon with Pentecost, and then now it's Pentecost, and I get to preach again. So that makes me you know, flex a little bit sometimes with us. So let's pray. <coughs> Holy Spirit, just fill this place. Lord, we just come to you because we want to know you. And we want to press into you. And God, we want to be the translation of your spirit, the translation of who you are to the world. We want to be an example. We want to show the world who you are. And God, I pray today that everything that's of me will just fall to the wayside and your spirit will communicate directly with everyone here. Make us who you want us to be, God. Amen. So I want to start in Acts 2, the account of Pentecost. Up until this point, the disciples had been in the upper room. And they had been kind of hidden away, praying and, and seeking out. My guess is that they were probably confused, wondering what was happening. And they were going, oh God, we need you. And they filled some spots that were empty and they kind of took care of some business. And when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together and were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. They were amazed and astonished, saying, Why are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we each hear them in our own tongue, in our own language, to which we were born? 
Verse 12, and they all continued in amazement and great perplexity, saying to one another, what does this mean? Verse 13, but others were not being and saying they were full of sweet wine. Okay. So there was a move of the Holy Spirit. The first, if you will, move of the Holy Spirit. There was a rushing wind. There was a sound that everyone heard. It says that they came because of the sound. And then they saw the people speaking in other tongues, and they were like, hey, I understand that. And they were confused. I grew up in an era in the church of um, the renewal, if you will, of the Holy Spirit. I don't know, some of you have been around that long, some of you haven't, but like it was not uncommon for us to pray for somebody and they fall and be glued to the floor. Yeah. One of my really good friends in high school, he was stuck on the ground for like an hour. He could not get up. Then there's the laughter. Anybody ever hear of the, the outpouring? It was in Toronto and people would laugh and get going. It's my mom's favorite Google God, I think. <laughs> Yes, I'm Prophecy, word of knowledge. I remember young adults, we would we would bring people in, they would come for the first time, and we would sit down with them, and we would just read their mail. I mean, God really spoke to us teenagers, right? And we would we would prophesy. I feel that God is telling you this. And to some extent, that has sort of waned. A little bit. It's not quite as prevalent as it used to be. Um, but I always found myself feeling a little bit badly. Okay? Because I would experience the Holy Spirit, but it wouldn't look like what everybody else did. Okay? I would not, like, I hated when somebody was praying for you and they pushed. Don't push me over. That's not the Holy Spirit you're pushing. And because I'm contrary like that, I would put my feet like this. <laughs> because you're not going to push me over. <laughs> if somebody's going to push me over, it's going to be God. <laughs> God, I will go on the ground for you not so much. <laughs> but because I, my reaction was rarely to fall down. Okay? It was just different. I used to kind of feel bad about that um, until one day um, Melissa shared with me a picture from uh, Hannah Clinton teaching on different ways we hear God. And if you have not ever been exposed to that, I would encourage you to, to look that up. But it talked about Peter, starting my love for Peter, and how Peter, and we, I think we talked about this last time, how Peter was in the midst of all of this move of the Holy Spirit, right? This rushing wind and the tongues of fire and people speaking in other tongues. And I can only imagine seeing the things that I've seen in this day and age. I can only imagine what was happening there. The power and just kind of weirdness, right? Of what was going on at first Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came and he had not been there before. And these things were brand new. You know, maybe, maybe the priests, uh, when they would go for the Ark of the Covenant experience, some of these things, right? But, but the general population of believers didn't get to experience this. This was brand new to them. And Peter was able to stand up in the midst of all of that 
And like we said before, engage and communicate what was happening. He was able to stand in this teaching. That this is like a note that Melissa sent me. It was a screenshot. It said that Peter stood in the midst of all of that and was able to communicate it because that's necessary. Basically, we have to be able to communicate to people what's happening. Weirdness is good. It's fine. Weirdness for the sake of weirdness doesn't touch anyone. <laughs> okay, sometimes weirdness for the sake of weirdness. <laughs> and please understand my heart. I'm using the term weirdness like with reference. Okay? I mean, the moves of the Holy Spirit are incredible, and the things that He does in us, they're incredible. And they're meant for the edification and the purification of us as believers. Okay? They're meant to fully connect us and bring us closer to our loving Father God and to empower us. Okay? That's the meaning, that's the purpose. So then I was listening just recently, and, and I actually asked Matt about a million, a couple times, a million, a couple times, did my dad preach that? Did Fred preach that? Because I have listened to so many sermons and, like, teachers over the past ten weeks that I I have no idea who's who, right? There have been times where I get on my treadmill, I put my podcast in or my preacher or whatever, and I just run because that's the only way I'm going to act like a believer. <laughs> I'm so happy and I'm so frustrated and I have all of this whatever that I'm like, I just need to run in the treadmill and I need to listen to something godly. But I heard Bill Johnson and he said something to the effect of we think the Holy Spirit should look like what it looks like in the church in the real world. We think that when we go out into the business setting, we should have people like, you know, walk by and people all fall under the power of God. Now, that would be cool. But I believe that many times we miss the move of the Holy Spirit empowering us in our daily lives because we expect it to look like what it looks like in the church. I don't know if you've all been through, like through this, you know, renewal of the Holy Spirit or if you remember it, but um, Benny Kim's a great one, right? Benny Kim would pray over people, he would have huge rallies, he would pray over people, they would fall into the power of the Holy Spirit. YouTube it. Kids, if you don't understand what I'm talking about, YouTube it. Ask your parents to help you. We get this idea of what the move of the Holy Spirit should look like, and we put it in a box. I was driving to work one day, and uh, it's probably been almost a year ago now that God told me to worship and I go to work. Um, and, and I started worshiping in my car, and the presence of God would meet me in my car. And I would be crying, or crying as much as I usually cry with makeup on, you know, and tears roll up, and then you blink a little bit, you know, like, don't ruin my mascara, God. We have to go to work. 
And I would be so overtaken by the goodness of God. And I could feel his presence in the car. And I could feel how much he loved me. And I could sense his presence with me. And then I'd park in the parking lot and I'd turn my YouTube off or whatever and then get out. And occasionally I'd pray for some poor, unwitting the uh, trustee, the, the people who are in the jail, have them sometimes do work uh, in the yard. So occasionally if one of them crossed my path on my way to work, they'd get prayed over. Um, but I would get in the building and it was gone. I thought it was and I asked God, why am I not carrying this sense of your presence with me when I go to work? And he said, you are, it just looks different and you don't recognize it. When I get out of my car, what the world needs is not me all a puddle mess in my, the presence of God. They need the presence of God in me making righteous decisions. They need the presence of God in me instilling faith and trust and hope to people who are hurting. It just looks different. Oh. <laughs> Maybe I'm just slow, but that was a brand new thought for me. <laughs> and here's the cool thing. We, we, have, we put God in this little box and say, this is what the Holy, this is what the move of the Holy Spirit looks like. There's not tongues of fire, it's not the Holy Spirit, whatever. Or we take it and say, oh, well, when general comes under the Holy Spirit, it looks like this. But here's the thing. When you function under the Holy Spirit, under the power of the Holy Spirit, it looks like you. It looks like your expression of the Holy Spirit, what He designed you, how He designed you to function. And to affect change and affect the world, he designed you. And that's what it looks like. How many of us have stopped and said, God, what does it look like when I function under the power of the Holy Spirit in the world? It's an interesting question. What does it look like? 1 Corinthians 12. Really, really familiar, right? 4 through 11. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries, and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each of you is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Hey, side note, dot, dot, dot. The common good is the church's job. I digress. (laughs) For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, and to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretations of tongues. Have you ever been in, in in your daily life out, whatever, in the grocery store, whatever, and been like, ooh, something's not right? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I don't even know what the question is, but no. Holy Spirit, it's the power of the Holy Spirit working within you. 
Have you ever been in a situation and you are filled with such faith? Everybody else, you're in a meeting or whatever, and everybody's like, oh, it's the worst thing ever. It's going to be so bad. I can't even tell you what it's going to be like. And you're just like, no. It's not. It's the work of the power of the Holy Spirit in you. We come together in, in the church. This is why it's important to gather, right? Because we mingle our spirits and we worship God. We come together. It's a safe place in here for us to, like, practice working in the Holy Spirit. And it looks different in here. And it's to, like I said before, build us up and take all the stuff out. Sometimes we get so full of Each and every one of us 
are needed. The power of the Holy Spirit, unique to you, unique to your expression, the way he created you and made you. God doesn't take us and change us into a bunch of robots that all look the same. That's your best. He takes our expression. And whether you are working on somebody's computer and you say, did you try turning it off? <laughs> right, first thing. <laughs> are you ministering to someone in jail? Are you ministering to high school kids who need to know the love of God? Or I called Brian Houston at, at the bank on Friday because I needed to talk about a loan because I'm going to get to build my house soon. Ooh. And you know what? Brian, interaction with me was a reflection of the love of Jesus for me. And I knew it. God, that's so amazing. You open this door and it's not hard and it's just falling into place. Thank you. The time has passed for Pine Church. The time has passed for sitting in here and using the Holy Spirit as a feel-good drum to get all happy skippy, and then leaving and going back to our everyday lives. It's gone. It's over. It's done. Esther was in the palace for a specific time and a specific purpose. If you've never read the story of Esther, it's in the book of Esther. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Pubs us out like that. Go look. (laughs) She was in the palace for a purpose to save her people. Guys, we are here for a purpose. Romans 12, 1 and 2, again, super, super well-known. Sometimes I feel like I preach out a lot of well-known scriptures, but those are what come to my head all the time. I'm not going to be able to find it because I can't. (laughs) So maybe I'll just quote it. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God. Yeah, there we go. There it is. Which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is the will of God, which is good and acceptable and perfect.
You are adequate to do everything he's called you to do. Who also made us adequate as servants of the new covenant, not to the letter of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Therefore, having such hope, verse 12, we use great boldness in our speech. Um, and then chapter 4, verse 6, For God who said, Light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not of ourselves. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing. Anybody been perplexed? A little bit? Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always caring about in the body the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. We are his workmanship, created and designed to show the world a good good day. But we have to be filled first. We have to know that our adequacy comes from God. Another Lighthouse quote over the weekend was that God has not called us to live a life of perfection, but a life of repentance. Oh, you mean I can go and do what it is God's called me to do, and when I screw up, all I have to do is say, oh, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I screwed that up. And not just to God, but sometimes we have to say to people, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I did that wrong, way wrong. <laughs> but it doesn't invalidate your calling. It doesn't invalidate your purpose. It doesn't invalidate the spirit of the living God working in you. There are seven mountains, and they have to be affected for change. People need to go into arts and entertainment. My daughter is a beautiful painter. God, I have no doubt that he's going to use that to show his power in the world. I have a son that takes everything apart. I have no doubt that God's going to use that. Please, God. (laughs) 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 But I'm serious, right? It's It's our expression. It's how he designed us. There are seven mountains that need to be affected. There's politics. I am all into that political arena. I just want to throw myself on the ground sometimes and say, God, I don't know what you're doing here, but use me. Use me. I don't care. My life, my fortune, my sacred honor, I don't care if it brings about the purposes of God in the United States and the world. I don't care. What passion do you have? What has God put in your heart? He's so filled with the Spirit. Don't get me wrong. I can always have this passion. <laughs> I'm so mad. Right? We can go. I was like, I'm leaving. I gotta go home. I'm not gonna be righteous. I gotta go. 
But you know what? I went home and I said, Holy Spirit, I need help with this. Guys, my prayer for wisdom is like daily. I know y'all feel that too, but like there are some days where I'm like, I don't even know. You're going to have to tell me. And if I'm wrong, you're going to have to point me in the right direction. But as we devote ourselves to to the Holy Spirit, to prayer, to, to Jesus, to God, to knowing him, as we devote ourselves, he fills us up, and then we take it out, and we express it. So that's what I want to, I want the thought to be with you today, right? It's not with the enticing words of men. It is with the demonstration of spirit and power, and it looks, it doesn't always look the same. It doesn't look like you lay your hands on the sick and they're healed. You know what? That's super cool. But if it's my husband in the clinic, and somebody, he listens to somebody that's never been listened to before. And all of a sudden, they have peace. Is that any less the working of the Holy Spirit? Bringing about healing in their body? Devote yourself to pressing in and finding that awareness of the Holy Spirit. That he's here. He's always here. Sometimes we just got to stop and go, where are you? I've got to find you. But David was right. There's no place we can go from his presence. There's no place that we are unseen. There's no place that we are unreachable. If you're sitting at home today, you have no idea what I'm talking about. You need to know you are not unreachable. There is nothing that you have done or seen or heard that makes you unreachable from God. A God who loves you. Come in, get filled, find the Holy Spirit, and then go out. It's Pentecost. We celebrate that the Holy Spirit came and he gave us power. Power. Don't walk without it. Don't be home without it. Wasn't that a first question? <laughs> <laughs> the very express. Don't be home without it. Don't. Um, I'm gonna pray, and then I have a song that I didn't arrange with people to play ahead of time <laughs> because it just came to me as we started in worship. But here's what I want to do. I want to play the song. I just want us. To quiet ourselves for a minute. Say, God, where are you? Where is that Holy Spirit? Where is that power? And then we can be dismissed. If you want prayer, if you want to experience that, like, shaking and all that stuff, like, you what, you've never done it? You know, we'll pray. We'll pray. I mean, <laughs> might shake, might not. You might be like me, like, oh, that was nice. Yeah. But know that he's there. Well, we can always thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you love us and you would do anything to get us. So you sent your son to die and to redeem us. 
but he has victory over death in the grave, and he goes and he sends it back to you so that the Holy Spirit could come and empower us to live and to affect our community, to bring peace, to bring love, to bring everything that you are. Thank you that we get to be a part of that. And thank you that you don't change us, God. You just use us. We need to change some gear of stuff, God, but you, you use who we are, who you created us to be. And our expression of your love is unique. And that's good because the way people receive your love is unique. And so you match us up. Yes. You seek out the lost. God, that's why it says you leave the 99 to find the one because you created us specifically to find the one. That's so cool. Oh, Holy Spirit, fill us. Let us be aware of your presence. Let us be so overtaken by you. That we bring wisdom and faith and revelation and healing and salvation and peace. Thank you, Jesus. we're called to have with the Holy Spirit. Because when we think about the weird, when, when, when we think about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, when we think about people getting their, their mail read, you know, and that's just another way of, of God uh, of saying that experiences where God comes in and he speaks things that only you know in your heart, only things that you've spoken in the privacy of your home, things that you've only spoken to people who are no longer here even. And he speaks them to your heart. when he pours out a new tongue that's not of men. More commercials. <laughs> but, but when Holy Spirit does that, 
then we can look it up and let it be defined. We're going to be doing some teaching here over the course of the summer. And we're going to be trying to get things on video about the gifts of the Spirit. Um, we're still pulling that together. But I just want to encourage you that, that if this is not an experience that you've had before, uh, if you're here, just encourage you to stand up. Okay? Or if there's something that you're after more of, I encourage you to stand up. If you want more of the Holy Spirit, more of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, more of the experiences of the Holy Spirit, just stand up. At home, stand up right where you're at. If you want more, okay? Wait, listen, the word testimony means God will do it again, right? So, so Peter doesn't have the corner on Pentecost. He might have the corner on tongues of fire. I don't know. That's outside of my realm of experience. But he gave the testimony. It was written down so that we could experience it again and again and again. You want to experience it again? Yeah. Just raise your hands to heaven. Holy Spirit, come and fall on this place. Holy Spirit, fall on us right now, wherever we're at, because you transcend time and space. Holy Spirit, just fall in the name of Jesus. Just receive it. I don't know what he's going to do in you or through you, but I know he's going to do something. I know he's doing something because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Holy Spirit, fall. Fall upon our families. Fall upon our sons and daughters. We want more of you, Jesus. We want more of you, Holy Spirit. We need you. And the world needs you in us. So just come. Just wait on for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just see him hovering over people right now. I just see him hovering. God, we desire so much more of you. Come, Holy Spirit. That's the cry of your heart. Just speak it out. Speak it out loud. Invite him. Invite him. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Breathe on us afresh and anew.
can see that he's whispering certain things to certain people. It's like two or three people that need to grab a notebook right now and begin writing down the things that he's saying. Because this is a new experience to you. You've never heard him on this level. You need to sit down, and if that's you, sit down and do it, whether you're at home or whether you're here. I know there's at least one person that needs to begin drawing something because Holy Spirit's working on you, and he's putting images in your head. You might need to draw it in your notebook uh, or, or just pull out some paper. You may need to draw it up here. I don't know. The Holy Spirit's doing things. He's stirring things. I don't know how he, how he, what he's going to put on your heart. It's not always about doing, too. Some of you are simply, there's two or three of you who are just, you're feeling the tangible presence in a way that you've never felt it before. Is that anyone here? That's you, Rishi. You just if you're just feeling his presence in a way that you've never felt him before. If that's you, I want to invite you to come on up. You don't have to. Huh? Do you think you're good? That's fine. That's all right. Just realize that there's more, okay? And I encourage you in your quiet time to press into that and ask him to continue to duplicate. Press into that. Because he's going to add to that. Because he wants you to know that he's tangible. He wants you to know that he's physical. He wants you to experience him. It's what makes that word of God come alive. This was 100% for you kids, teenagers too. All of it. There's, we used to say, there's no junior Holy Spirit. We used to say there's no junior Holy Spirit. I don't know if we say that anymore. It dates me. There's no like mini Holy Spirit that works only partially in you. Nope. You got access to all of it. All of it. So when you go swimming... Holy Spirit's working in you. When you do your score, when you do math, the Holy Spirit is there. He is your power. It applies to you. Best tutor there yeah. is. Uh-huh. He's the best tutor there That's is. That's correct. I'll tell you what, this is your introduction, introduction to youth group. It's your introduction. It's your introduction to youth group because we're going to spend our time Again, my focus is that you know his voice, that you know that you know that you know him. If we can accomplish that, there's nothing you can't accomplish. That you know him, that you experience him. So we're going to spend more time like this. 